Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of NymphEd Alumni. I'm Alexi, and I'm here with Sam and Biz. And as an extension of a previous report, um, we are going to be touching on some European themes today. And we previously talked about Euro Summer and the kind of romanticized historical grand tour charcuterie and white linen tinge of Pinterest and vacation Instagram. But today we're getting to the heart of of what feels like a truer Europe. And the theme is essentially Euro dance, which is like a genre of dance music that was pioneered by Europeans in the late 80s and then through the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, high BPM, weird, energetic, ravey, unorthodox, and at its essence, just a bit utopian, I would say. And we feel like there are a couple of ways in which this vibe has infiltrated society in the past few weeks. Yeah. One example of that is a trend on TikTok in which like Europeans are boasting about being better dancers than Americans because they started dancing at like age 13 at the club. <laughs> uh, so I've seen some of those those Euro dance songs being used as the melody to fist bump to in those videos. Yeah. Also, there's been a big trend of like sampling this genre of music in contemporary pop music. And also with the Barbie movie, I would say the Barbie girl by Aqua is a quintessential example of like the weirdness and abjection of Euro dance. Yeah. Because why did they make that song? <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, wait, was it also a comment on like consumerism? I don't know. I honestly like, don't they, like, think it was that Were they, like, talking about, like, American culture? But no, I'm like, I'm like were they... T- I don't know. It feels like Barbie must have been considered so American at that time. Yeah, that's true. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking weird. We were all singing that when we were, like, eight years old. Yeah, it, yeah. there's definitely an element of childhood nostalgia because I remember this was, like, the first stuff that I was watching on YouTube. Like, I'm Blue by Eiffel 65. Um, yeah. Best Friend by Toy Box. Uh, I, song, yeah. I feel like it's some of the first music I like remember. Yeah, me too. And it has, yeah. Why was it so childish? Like it had that addictive quality, and like the melodies were always so like goofy and childlike. Like I have the same, the same exact vibe as watching Lazy Town. It was like in the Lazy mm-hmm. Town extended universe, and the music videos. I think this was like early computer generated animation, and so it was, it was like that Who Framed Roger Rabbit style, like mixing of animation and reality Mm -hmm. yeah wait i have an aside which is um we're going to talk about the albanian pop influence but alexi did you know that ava max went to lexington high school no she did not yes she did what are you talking about did you (gasps) yes she did didn't you go there i lived in lexington elementary school um yeah yeah i wonder if she was there with me i know i mean she's older than you but yeah. she, yeah, she will. She she moved to South Carolina. That she, was crazy. She got bullied there. Yeah, wait. She's lived in like a million places. I know. Anyways, sorry. Back to the back to the plot. Um. Yeah, I guess we can. Do we want to set some of the scene with the rise of Al- Albanian pop stars? Since I think that's probably like the most contemporary mainstream example of a certain type of European vibe in music. Yeah, sure. This is partially a sidebar, I feel like, but this is something that we're really interested in because it does seem like these women are upholding the tradition of Europop, Eurodance, even though they're from the greater Albanian Kosovar diaspora that occurred in the 1990s after the fall of communism in Albania, but also during the Yugoslav wars, which were really terrible. So a lot of Albanians fled to Italy and Greece, which are pretty musical spots, but also to the US and the UK. And yeah, the two earliest hits of this were New Rules by Dua Lipa and Sweet But Psycho by Ava Max. I don't know, like Sweet But Psycho really sounded kind of outdated by the time it was released. Like it sounded like it could have been an early Katy Perry song. But yeah, it's just this like, I don't really know how to describe it. Like it's a kind of synth heavy, like really vocalizing, like strong, strong girl vocal oh, totally. pop music, Yeah, um, which kind of feels... I don't know. There was like a dip in that for a while with like Lord Billie Eilish, like Taylor Swifty type pop that was a bit softer. But this is like 
Eastern European power pop. Yeah, I think her song had a lot of bravado into it, but it definitely also yeah. would get categorized as that like made for Forever 21 music genre. Oh yeah. yeah, no, New Rules was for sure a Forever 21 anthem, like H&M anthem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, um, I don't know, I'm thinking of Mr. Probs right now as well, who is not Albanian, but I've been listening to that song on repeat waves like pretty consistently right now for oh my some God. reason like i don't know why Wait, is that the one that's like slowly drifting yeah drifting away <laughs> like i don't know why i'm obsessed with that song right now like i just can't stop listening to it and it all feels like part of the same sort of club revival of that era which was of course tied into the albanian um aspect but similarly to kind of the 90s zero dancing it has a sort of bizarre uncanny aspect to it because that is that is i think why people feel so strange about industry plants is like it, i feel like the concept of an industry plant is very uncanny valley you know it's like kind of a automatons being placed in your life and have now taken control of like parts of your brain and have given you a brain or earworm you know yeah it definitely is an earworm vibe yeah so the other albanians that we're taking over, I don't know if I said all their names, but Ava Max, BB Rexha, Dua Lipa, Rita Ora, which they all have these like kind of formulaic names. Mm-hmm. And one theory that I saw online as to why they might have become so popular is because they all really conform to the Instagram face beauty standards of the time on account of their ethnicity. Like they're slightly ethnically ambiguous, but ultimately white looking. But yeah, I think that's a part of their industry plant vibe. Like they're all objectively really beautiful women but there's like nothing really that memorable about them. And like Mm -hmm. their songs are a little bit interchangeable. I think Dua Lipa managed to get out of this by becoming kind of more like clean girl or something or like high fashion-y, but the other girls will just like straight up wear like a diamante crop top (laughs) type of thing. Like all of their clothes look like they're from Forever 21. Yeah. It's it's hard for them to, to break out. But these are the songs that like end up being on the charts for like a really long time and you like can't go anywhere without hearing them. Mm-hmm. Like BB Rexha currently has a song that samples I'm Blue by Eiffel 65. Oh, that's that so I right. literally hear playing everywhere. Yeah. It's insane. I had f- forgotten about that, yeah. I've also um, been thinking about these the Albanian pop girls in terms of how there's been this recent press around pop stars being attacked because BB Rexa oh, yeah. and Ava Max are two of the victims of that. Like, you know, people throwing their phones on stage really hard and hitting them in the head. I think someone jumped on stage and slapped Ava Max in the face. Oh which That's just insane. makes them seem like they makes them seem like I don't know. I don't know. It seems really sad. It is really sad. I think that there are just a lot of like I don't want to say that these girls don't have real fans. But I do know, like, a lot of gay guys who, like, ironically kind of ride for Ava Max, for yeah. example, it's like- because they just, like, want to hear her music in the club, but, like, they would go see her kind of as a joke. Like, same thing with BB Rexha, like, her tickets for New York were selling for literally $6, so I think people who just didn't care about her were just like, lol, it would be so funny if we went, which is so mean. I it's agree. It's like aura effect. Um, it's, it's not like when people go to, like, the Taylor Swift show and they have this, like, amazing reverence for this artist right where they're like in yeah. awe of them being on stage yeah but they they continue to cement themselves in the pop landscape by being like the two i guess headliners of this pop star attack movement yeah justice for them yeah, um also this other theory that i see perpetuated a lot by like stan twitter gays that i don't know i can't verify this obviously but it is interesting to me is that um a lot of people think that the albanian mob launders money through these pop stars and is also funding them in order to promote their nationalist agenda the most common money laundering tactic seems to be through ticket sales it's just like these artist teams will report way higher ticket sales than what actually was confirmed by the venue um but also the main twitter thread that was uh passed around or circulated about this was like apparently made by some serbian ops but yeah dua lipa (laughs) and all of these artists they are also very like vocal about albanian pride but also in a way that i don't i don't know if it's problematic just like posting these kind of like revisionist maps um that include parts of kosovo so it it definitely is still contentious in that region when it comes to nationalism and like ethnic groups i mean the comparisons to um like frank sinatra had mob ties with like the italian mob and apparently that had like a big influence on italians and popular music so i don't know like 
I don't want to perpetuate this, but I do think it could be cool. <laughs> like, it, would, it would be cool. I just don't think, unfortunately, I'm not going to say unfortunately, it's not unfortunate, but I just feel like mobs in general don't really have very much power in the modern day. You know, it's like the godfather to the heat effect, you know, where it's like the mob is now just like this generalized blob of corporate interconnectivity, you know, it's just like blue collar crime kind of reigns supreme. But it would be very cool for the Albanian mob to have planted these people in some sort of nationalistic agenda. The thing is, I I think that the mob still exists in London, though. I think it's actually a yeah, bit different than New York. Like it's like it's. A and there's bit... no doubt that the Albanian mob is like real. No, no, no um, but I think it's like still oh, yeah. a bit more definite. If that makes sense, like more centralized versus I think I don't know who's mobbing in New York right now. Dude, I think Italians are still mobbing TBH, but like they're so low key about it. Yeah, that's true. I think the mobs that kind of reign supreme in the American Peninsula is the Latin American mobs, uh, I think. The American, yeah, yeah. I think it's um interesting. Albania was never part of the Soviet Union, but it was technically, I guess, behind the Iron Curtain. And in terms of the origin of like electropop music, the roots lie behind the Iron Curtain, which I think was like kind of interesting and probably why Euro pop, Euro dance has such a tie to Europe, of course. Um, not that, you know, the Soviet Union was in Europe, but it's closer to Europe and America, but the first person to kind of invent the most successful electronic instrument before the invention of like the Moog module was Leon Theremin, who created the Theremin as like kind of like a new Soviet technology as part of this like weird little arms race that the Soviet Union had with America. And it was part of some sort of like industrial espionage thing where Lenin sent out Leon Theremin to kind of like gather all this like information from the United States by doing a tour of RCA and like GE and a bunch of like aviation oh companies. Yeah. And, and so long story short, it influenced Robert Moog to take up the hobby of building electronic instruments because he like built his first theremin at the age of 14. And of course, that led to kind of the establishment of pop music. But I think it's interesting that um, there is like some sort of global... That's kind of related to the Albanian mafia thing, right? Where music and like a kind of electronic pop music has always been kind of inundated in this sort of like a espionage type. <laughs> like, I don't know, like nefarious so dark underbelly or whatever. I love it. They're really having a off. Yeah, yeah <laughs> literally, yeah. Yeah, that's one thing that I think was really interesting when I was like going through the history of why this genre became so prevalent in the 1990s. And a lot of what we consider Eurodance now started off in the underground techno rave scene in Germany, our favorite thing to talk about, mm-hmm. um, which was inspired by Chicago House as well as Belgian New Beat, which I'd never heard of before. But like, it's actually the funniest shit I've ever seen. Like, one of the big New Beat hits in Belgium was this novelty remix called Qui. Um, mm. by this group called Brussels Sound Revolution, where they literally sampled parts of a press conference from a former prime minister, Paul Vanden Boenance, because he was, like, kidnapped by this really sexy criminal. But they, like, remixed his, like, trauma Wait, why was <laughs> like, the, why speech was the into criminal a song. Sexy? Like, was he hot? Yeah, he was, he was hot. Oh. But he was, like, a, a gang leader who literally, like, his gang kidnapped the prime minister and then, like, got... A huge oh my god for it. yeah that's crazy and then they remixed it into like this crazy song that like went really viral in belgium which i feel like is like the beginning of the goofiness of like electronic music because i was in 1989 which is like fairly early in the history of things yeah i'm just like why why is it all so unserious but so 1989 was was also a major year because the berlin wall fell um this german dj paul van dyke has remarked that the techno-based rave scene was a major force in re-establishing social connections between east and west germany during the unification period because they were having these like underground public raves and just like constantly celebrating reunification which is kind of like a nice thought but i feel like that's why there is this like general positive like utopian theme to a lot of euro dance like the lyrics are quite like new agey 1989 was also when the song pump up the jam was released oh love that yeah this is somewhat unrelated but also related speaking of like chicago house influencing techno and stuff and just uh going through the euro dance hits of yesteryear i find it really interesting how and this is probably behind all of its bizarre weirdness but it, it is almost like european like european like global colonization because like Eurodance literally has its hand in like every possible culture that you can imagine. Like 
I remember growing up, there is a song called Vamos a la Playa, which is this like Euro dance song that was really popular in Latin America. And it's all in Spanish and stuff. But I realized a few years ago that like the people that made it were German and they just like industry planted this like Latin American hit in Spanish, but like the singers did not speak Spanish, you know, and it's the same, the same as the case with like a lot of these different Eurodance hits is like they appealed to kind of foreign audiences while not fully understanding the culture, just kind of having this like mishmash of like a techno futurist cultural idea and are trying to package that over to that like people kind of like rednecks. Yeah, no, that's so real. I, I feel like, yeah, I was going to say that I had a similar experience because like so many of these songs that I thought were like, like my mom was always listening to this kind of music. Um, there was this group called Snap! Exclamation Point, And they had these two songs, uh, The Power, which is the one that's like, I got the power. Oh my God. <laughs> and then Rhythm is a Dancer, which is like another mm-hmm. big one. But like, I assume that these, like the vocalists of these songs were black and they did have like rap parts. But then, like, the producers were all just, like, German people. Like, I would have never guessed that this was coming out of Europe. Like, I just assumed that it was, like, American hip-hop music. I think that's what I thought when I was a kid because they always have these, like, super – like, I think the classic uh, thing is, like, the very, like, soulful female singer and then, like, the rapper guy who Mm – it's like rapping yeah. but the music video for rhythm as a dancer by snap i would recommend everyone watch it's like it almost looks like nuclear propaganda or something like they're wearing these big shield sunglasses and wearing like body suits like full body suits and dancing at some kind of like missile launch site and holding these like giant prop globes above their head and they're just like rockets in the background and i'm just like whoa this is really seeming like you guys are like into the future uh, especially watching it after Oppenheimer I was like oh my god this is literally like Oppenheimer the music video the musical um yeah I was giving Oppenheimer do you the think musical. that name inspired the song Bunny is a Writer by Caroline Polachek oh my god that's so funny it's such a similar sound it is but yeah. it definitely without a doubt influenced the song Don't Tell Him by Jeremiah because it starts mm. off with the same thing rhythm is a dancer oh my god that is so beautiful the lyrics are like, so that funny word, though. Like, that's, a, that's a beautiful string of words though yeah the the last line in the rap that the guy does in that song he says got to be what you wanna if the groove don't get you the rifle's gonna oh, i'm damn. serious as cancer when i say rhythm as a dancer i'm serious as cancer <laughs> when i say rhythm as a dancer i'm like damn like it's Jesus. it's so serious but so unserious like i I don't know. We should talk about Sweden a bit because that is such a enormous, I mean, just enormous superpower in all of music. Mm-hmm. A lot of the songwriters behind some of these songs were Swedish and they had like this like incredible impact. I think since ABBA, they, the Swedish yeah. people became very good at like formulaically creating pop songs and basically remixing ABBA over and over again and repackaging it into new songs and stuff. Um, like, there's so many songs in Eurodance, like Around the World by Aqua, different songs by Ace of Bass, different songs by Rednecks that are basically just using ABBA beats that are slightly tweaked. But uh, yeah, the reason why like a lot of these lyrics are are really bizarre is because they're like written in broken English. Like, I think a very viral example of this is the I Want It That Way story behind the Backstreet Boys song. Where basically, like, the lyrics that were supposed to be kind of sung by the Backstreet Boys were, I love it when I hear you say, I want it that way. Mm. But the writer didn't really know how to say that. So he wrote, I never want to hear you say, I want it that way. And they re-recorded, like, a corrected version of I want it that way. But the Backstreet Boys said that the other version sounded better. And so they released (laughs) it. And so that's why like a lot of these 90s songs have like the most confusing and almost like a shocking lyrics a little bit is because they were written by like foreign Swedish music producers. And I think this was like a big Gen X like talking point at some point, like kind of like Gen X punk, like anti, anti anti kind of producer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just like authenticity pilled like Gen X people. Like Green Day had this like billboard that was like, no features, no Swedish songwriters, no trappy. That it's is like 100%. so funny. Yeah. That's like, literally the funniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. I kind of need that on a shirt. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I guess they're like trying to be pro-domestic economy. Oh, pro-Oakland? I, so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Punk is very American, It I guess. is. Um, yeah, honestly, it's so, so true. And I, I can see why punks were like opposed to the content of 
this type of music. It's just so highly it's very, produced, right? It's very globalist. Yeah. And there's so much of this like new agey messaging. Like they definitely were trying to put the partiers in a trance for real. Like with the repetition with about how like music will take us away and heal us and such. Yeah. And it's also like, I think the contents feel really meaningless. Like we just discussed often. Like you said, mm-hmm. with that kind of like positive twist, I guess punk was about revealing the ills problems. of society and problems <laughs> yeah. and i love that green day made that like a fighting point for them mm-hmm. i think it was just that need and desire for authenticity that was very much you know i think that 90s kind of alternative thing was very anti-authority and pop music is very much like centralized authority yeah. um it's like a dictatorship of culture you know we talked about this in the olivia rodrigo episode but yeah sweden is very much on like behind some of the greatest pop hits like there's this man named dennis pop who (laughs) is very 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 influential he produced um britney spears nsync backstreet boys ace of bass robin just countless of our pop icons you know and it's just like this one guy who just was remixing beats in the 80s he was like a dj in the 80s and then became involved in producing pop music and really kind of influenced a style of music. Mm. Um, so that's sort of like Scandinavian pop type thing. That's another, I think, uh, side kind of bra- like a branch of Euro pop, Euro dance, you know? Yeah, that was definitely really big in the 2010s, I would say, like Avicii, Tavlo, Zara Larson, producers mm-hmm. like Max Martin and like Alesso. It is kind of weird because it like does have like a very – scandy vibe like the music literally sounds icy to me for it some does reason. yes it's so crisp mm-hmm. it's yeah, really crisp it's definitely very crisp yeah i guess when avici died that felt really significant in terms of yeah this being muted a bit after his death same way with sophie and pc music but uh, i also wanted to make a um an aside so speaking i guess of like how this music feels so kind of optimistic in a almost meaningless way. I wanted to talk about happy hardcore. Do you guys know what happy hardcore, hardcore yes, is? I okay, yeah. I just wondering. I, was, I mean, it's not the most <laughs> it's not the most mainstream genre, but um, I feel like happy hardcore is really similar to all of this music. But I guess it's more centralized in Britain originally. I guess for context. Um, it's a music genre from the 90s that basically took like hardcore rave music in England and then took it to like a crazy BPM and also a really upbeat vibe and tempo. What I think is really interesting about it is that it was like mostly popular outside of the big cities that were the centers of like rave music and the development of rave culture at the time, like London. And so it's become like quite controversial because some people really like it and some people are like it's absolute shit because it's so intensely uh like poppy and upbeat. There's this quote from a Vice article that says, perhaps in part because of its lack of big city cachet, the passage of time has not been kind to happy hardcore. Most mainstream dance music gatekeepers continue to ridicule its surreally saturine spirit and blood-curdling BPMs. But this is not also a bit of an aside, but the Albanian pop stars kind of, they missed out on this whole vibe, I think, a lot because... In the origin of like Albanian pop in the 2010s, they really leaned into the soulful side of things. Like a yeah. lot of them started off, um, yeah, doing much more like power ballads that were soulful, kind of raspy voice. But I wish they did more of this, like in, especially because Albanian pop is also British for the most part. Like a lot of them are British, like Rita Ora, um, Dua Lipa, and yeah, I wish they were inspired by this history more in in the UK. Yeah, this is like, I feel like this is so prevalent still in New York for some reason. Like, I just, I feel like there's still so many parties and DJs that play this type of music. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, Biz, maybe you can speak to this from your time here, but like, there was a lot of overlap with the Bushwick vibe and like caring about the intricacies of different techno genres. And I don't know, I, I remember my ex just like collecting all of these weird like CD inserts from Eurodance artists that were like really y2k looking like every rave poster had that type of vibe to it but i think that's just like generally the like 90s ravey obsession um but there were people that were like more into the pop side of it um 
Yeah, that's kind of a worldwide phenomenon, I think. I think um, a, a certain point a few years ago, the YouTube algorithm was really pushing like... Venga Boys. <laughs> yeah, Venga Boys, like that song Butterfly. Um, and it just kind of overtook. And it, it became also a, a internet rabbit hole that people could really go down. And still to this day, I think there is... That's why, yeah, like uh, there, the intricacies of techno music are really um, complex and in general, like electronic music is it's just like beyond me. It's just like above my head. It's just very complex. But the poppy stuff became uh, very prevalent when the YouTube algorithm was like kind of pushing this type of thing and putting you down these like rabbit holes. I was like looking into some of the bands that I think were being pushed by the algorithm back then. But yeah, it's part of also like that like globalist Euro, Euro dance like kind of absurdity. There is this one Euro dance band that I remember being pushed a lot by the algorithm called Tokyo Ghetto Pussy. Whoa! And like it's literally it was like literally like a pop music band like, and they had kind Why of like a heavy BPM. That? I don't know. I think it's literally like they didn't understand like what that meant because okay. it's very much like broken English like pop happy music and almost like um justice or like Britney Spears aesthetics and all of their music videos it's very bizarre um but I think like yeah that that like bizarrity just comes from things being lost in translation and unfortunately they end up being kind of <laughs> um like shocking I've been thinking a lot about how this almost in the reverse with like Rosalia being so such a popular artist because she had this album with her now ex fiance that was like announcing their engagement, and oh, they I didn't know they broke up. Yeah, they broke That's up. Interesting. Oh. But when you translate, yeah, translate the lyrics from Spanish to English, they don't make that much sense. Which I like. Oh yeah, I like that. I like that. Like they're committed to the the melodies and the sounds, basically. Hmm. That that seems to that might also be what it is. Is like they're committed to the sound and the vibe, yeah. Because they're trying to infect the world with like the bug of, the bug mm-hmm. of joyful Love. irreverence and being in like a rave trance type situation, or kind of being in a trance anywhere you are. Because this is the type of thing that plays in the speakerphones whenever you're at the grocery store or at the mall in like a random place, and it is supposed to leave you at the fairground. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, at the, the fairground. Fair I don't know. I, this is like music that plays with like that. You know, there's always that one ride at the fair that's like music themed, and it like goes around in a circle, and it has like spray, like airbrush art of like pop musicians singing. Mm-hmm. Like it has mm-hmm. airbrush paintings of like Madonna and shit. It's like very much yeah. that vibe. Um, Tokyo Ghetto Pussy is so funny though because this is like definitely a super flat crossover. Mm-hmm. All of their yeah, like they're a German group, but all of their album covers have this like Astro Boy ass looking character and like Japanese letters yeah. on it. I'm just like, what were they trying to accomplish? I don't. Here? Yeah, I don't really know what the what the vibe of that is, but they were trying to appeal, I think, to a Japanese audience. I think that's genuinely what they were trying to yeah. do. Um, it was like a kawaii Japanese thing. Um, which is very yeah there's a oh sorry I was just gonna say that there was a big like prevalence of euro pop in like gyaru subculture mm-hmm. when it was like early like gyaru's invented the style of dance called para para mm-hmm. where they would like dance to really high bpm music um in this very like formulaic way that was really cute yeah, I guess that's called Eurobeat though. I don't know. It like there were like Eurobeat remixes of of Japanese yeah, songs. Yeah, it's hard to. I put in um a Eurodance encyclopedia link in the doc, and I was trying to go through it, and yeah, it was very dense. All the um the different genres and kind of people and like yeah. all of the different influences. But I was also thinking in terms of that sort of carnival ride Eurodance experience. I think there's also this adjacent experience of dance dance revolution music and like cheerleading music and stuff like there's like one type of eurodance that's trance inducing and there's another type of eurodance that induces a sort of burst of extreme high energy activity like cheerleading or playing dance dance revolution cheerleading music is so scary Mm -hmm. like the ones at like they they do at cheerleading performances yeah I don't know. Also, that weird like MC voice. I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, who is that man? I don't know, but like, it's in the, it's the same. It's guy. the same guy in like all the cheerleading songs. Yeah, it's. I feel like that's such a lost art form because radio presenters like used to be like that. I remember like listening to pop radio and they would like interject a lot with that weird ass voice. 
Okay, this is crazy because I'm looking up that carnival ride called Music Express and it has a whole like Wikipedia article and it was invented in Germany. <gasps> Wait, what was What is what up was with like Germans and like Germany? loving music? The uh, Music Express yeah, yeah, yeah. carnival ride. Um, I guess because Germans love doing things like all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Germans are very, because yeah, the, speaking of German, I mean, of course, craft work, the invention of techno music, you know, that type of thing. It's always been, I, I don't know, maybe I've never been to Germany. I really need to kind of do a reconnaissance mission because it, it keeps kind of coming up on the podcast. I think we need to take a reconnaissance mission to Germany and anthropologically try to like dig through that culture and understand why. But um, we need to go to Europe. Yeah, I'm like really Europe upset thing. that that's not this year. That would be so much fun to to cover. Um, Eurovision's every year. Yeah, we just missed it. Yeah, it's every bit. year. It was, <laughs> it was like, like an Olympi- Olympics type no, situation. No, 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 it's, it's every year. It's, so that makes it even more fun because it's like, okay. yeah, you don't have to wait for another season of your life to go by. It just it just pops okay. up. Yeah, the, the weirdness of Eurovision is always the such winner a of theme. this year's Eurovision was Swedish. Yeah, yeah return, return to tradition. Yeah, to for sure. That, yeah. Um, it is funny the the model of producers remixing existing music and stuff yeah the the um the music economy of of producers and production company is really interesting like k-pop kind of has this um i've noticed this slightly i don't you know i'm not nowhere near a k-pop expert but there is shiny all of like shiny songs are rick astley song remixes like the song for um boys over flowers stand by me is literally never gonna give you up by rick astley <laughs> Well, famously, BB Rexha at like age sixteen wrote and produced, I think, one of Shiny's like oh, biggest songs, Sherlock. Oh, wow. Wait, when BB Rexha was sixteen, yeah. she did that. I don't know how the hell she got over there. Wow, I didn't know yeah. she was definitely a Blinian Mafia. I didn't know she was like prodigious like that. It's crazy, yeah. Something about the Albanian pop girls that I also feel like makes them feel manufactured is because they always seemed older than they were. Like they never had that feeling of being like a super young pop star. Like, I can't mm-hmm. imagine Baby Rex as, like, a teenager. She just feels like a fully formed, like, woman. Yeah, it also, it, it's admirable that she writes her, that she's, like, a behind-the-scenes kind of, like, writer-producer mm-hmm. type girl. Like, Caroline Polochek, you know? But she just doesn't have the same, like, prestige. I think she just cr- yeah. cranks out pop music. There was just one really embarrassing. She was, like, going through her, like, audio notes and posting, like, snippets of songs that she was working on. And one of them oh, was wow. really bad. I'll, I'll link it. I can't even like say the lyrics. It's so bad. <laughs> like, what do you mean by bad? Uh, like, um, it was something along the lines of like, like she's singing it with like no backing track, like in a voice note. But it's <laughs> no. like, I thought you were the one for me, but you ended up loving alcohol <gasps> more than this pussy. Baby Rexa. I know. I was like, you should have kept that in the draft. <laughs> oh, another thing I was gonna say that I feel like a lot of pop now is just too like feminism driven sometimes in terms of like compared to this type of music like it just it has such a narrative for specifically female singers in terms of like in the relationship towards a man like reclaiming their power or something like that uh i think the albanians are really into that though like i guess i'm just thinking of uh yeah like euro pop rather than albanian pop but yeah, I think Albanian pop definitely has like oh, a yeah, lot of no. that like feminist kind of reclaiming your, especially Dua Lipa from a uh, from a man type of. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely true. Like the like the novelty music and the like universal themes, like the song "What Is Love" by who's that like Hathaway? Yeah, which is like very like "What Is Love?" Like it's just so existential. Um, I feel like it's kind of sexless in comparison to like American pop of the time. Um, I feel like the vibe is much more like drug slash party ecstasy because the tone is always like imperative. Like they're telling you to do something or like second person or they're just like telling a weird story. Like there's not that much that's like first person. That feels very Northern European to me. Like, you know, like in music with instructions I see, or something. Yeah. yeah, that's like... The <laughs> that was also... Was that not like a Swedish... That must have been Swedish, right? The Macarena. Who did that? I don't know. I feel like that was more like the Latin vibe of the time, like the catch-up song mm-hmm. and shit. Like I, that was also a, a, a different. There yeah. was some. some oh no, Latin this hits. is totally Spain. Like, yeah, 
yeah spain had their own thing going on i just feel like all music feels so Um, personal now or it's supposed to feel personal and a lot of like singers and songwriters will be like this this song isn't actually about my life but i think with like the rise of like taylor swift and singer songwriters like that it's like people really want to yeah tie it Mm -hmm. to them like i'm thinking about olivia rodrigo specifically because i really like her song vampire but obviously it's like the the lyrics are really personal about her life and people are constantly trying to tie it to her relationship with freaking zach bia (laughs) it has to be a part of the pr machine because like people will pour i mean that was like olivia rodrigo's whole original thing is like people searching for clues and being like it's about his car because it's a white car and then they like drove around his neighborhood and she was like sitting in the bachelor's seat like i it's really hard to do the same level of world building around someone singing a song about like a little so true um but i do think we need songs to be about Mm. like different things like it's just like i'm tired of hearing about you bitches like i want to hear about a little blue alien yeah we need purposeless narrative like narrative empty songs yeah and I want to know about about what is love. And I feel like, well, that's what's beautiful about the lost in translation aspect of it is whenever we do need more songwriters that don't speak very good English because whenever you have kind of a poor, <laughs> yeah, well, whenever you have a poor grasp of a language, you kind of have to resort to the most general aspects of it, which can often is where like the most beautiful truths are found. I don't know. Oh, we haven't <laughs> even talked about Crazy Frog. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, him, I forgot about Crazy Frog. That had to have been the most, like, novelty, like, goofy-ass music project of all yeah. time. It's proto-gorillas, like still... honestly. Yeah, no one knows who he is still. You're kidding. Yeah. Does someone want to fact-check that? I don't know. Maybe I don't yeah, know. Maybe it's like... <laughs> We're not sure. We didn't look it up. <laughs> to this day. I feel like, um, I feel like we've maybe figured it out. Oh, I say. think they did. Crazy Frog. He's Swedish. He's Swedish. Oh, fucking, of course. Yeah. Um... Okay, wait, not to change the sub. Well, let's talk about Crazy Frog. Let's talk about Crazy Frog. I mean, we don't really have to. I just think that this is, like, so proto-viral content. Like, I just remember, like, sitting and watching Crazy Frog videos, and I was, like, addicted to them. And if I went over to neighbor's house and they had a computer, I'd be like, have you seen this? Yeah. You know, like, it just had something Speaking to it. Speaking of, there's also um, I'm a Gummy Bear, which is oh another really big... This shit is all just, like, ringtone yeah. music. Like, they literally just made yeah. this <laughs> music to, to be ringtones. Well, weirdly enough, I just Googled Crazy Frog and it said people also search for and it Coco Melon is on <gasps> here. So maybe there is just an existing version of this for children that we're not connected to. Because Coco Melon does seem kind of related to this. It's the same type of mind-numbing, trance-inducing content, you know? Yeah. So. But I was watching... I don't know. Pokemon is like straight up nursery rhymes, though. Like they they don't, don't go know. hard. They I, don't I, go unfortunately hard. Have, they don't go hard. They don't have the same BPM. But I was watching the video for Best Friend by Toy Box, and it literally was like in the same exact vibe as those absurd music videos with like Spider Man and Elsa and stuff. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. a girl like sneaking up behind another girl and like cutting off her ponytail with scissors. Like the really cartoonish acting and like warped camera vibe like everything was just like fisheye or shot from like a really weird angle and just in these garish colors and i don't know i was just like why was i so obsessed with this as a kid mm-hmm. but also i want to hear from an adult who was like an adult during this time like were you engaging with this in the same way like were you putting your headphones on and listening to crazy frog on the yeah. way to work or what like or did you just resign this to like, oh my God, youth music is just really stupid. I can, I have this composite picture of the exact type of person that was really into this type of thing. And it's definitely like a 40 year old grocery store employee. You know what I mean? But maybe that's just like movies that have made me think, you know, <laughs> like I feel like there's always a movie from the 90s about like the kind of lovable loser who loves techno music in like a weird way or something. Yeah. No, yeah, I really do wonder who was really engaging with this. It must have been a club hits. And then also um, there's this sort of like manufacturing of consent with pop songs where people just kind of blindly propagate them for no reason whatsoever, even if they're not good and nobody likes them. That's very true. You kind of just have to kind of your will to participate. Like pop music is really the last existing mass global dictatorship. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about... um, the phenomenon this is so random but the phenomenon of like american artists like quote-unquote finding success in europe like david hasselhoff or something like that 
Because I think Eurodance is so like Western oriented or, or I mean, it's made in the West, but it's so American oriented in weird ways, you know, English speaking oftentimes, you know, but that's like a, I don't know. I, I find this phenomenon interesting. Like there's like similar things in basketball where American basketball players go play for European teams, either because they're like underpaid in the US or they can't qualify for the NBA. And I just find this like funny parallel with American artists finding success in like Italy or something. Wait, what did David, like what was his area of success in, in Europe? Music. It was music? Yeah. He sang at the fall of the Berlin Wall. He, he was like a huge, Whoa. yeah, what? he's a very big musician in like Europe. Yeah. He's like in, huge in Europe, but like not. What? Yeah. The, the David Hasselhoff? <laughs> David Hasselhoff, yeah. In the Spongebob movie, David Hasselhoff? Yeah, in the Spongebob movie. He fa- yeah, he sang at the fall of the Berlin Wall. He, he, he gave a, a musical performance, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like what's fu- really funny. Yeah, you could w- watch it online. It's like really hilarious. Um, wow. Yeah. But it's then, you know, off the back of that, there's also the phenomenon of – being big in Japan when you're a European band. That's yeah, so Alphaville synth pop, German synth pop, big in Japan, great song. But what is going on in Germany with music, bro? I don't want to find I, out firsthand. I kind of do want to find someone... out. We should do some, we should go do a documentary there. We should do a documentary in Berlin on techno. Dude. Guys, no one has done this before. <laughs> okay, so I'm like, so I'm like, where are the answers then? I know this. It feels like it should be in like the UK style. You know those UK shows where they would like talk about like fat families and stuff that were just really sensationalist. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we need to do mothers. that. Like Louis, yeah. yeah, like Louis Thoreau style, but also just like really like trashy. Like who is um, Mr. Gummy Bear? <laughs> I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> I feel like people talk about Cocoa Melon and stuff in terms of like it's weird brainwashing effects on children now or like YouTube for kids. But that was certainly happening to us with like I'm a Barbie girl. That's something that I'm realizing throughout this episode. Yeah. Like I actually maybe shouldn't be so concerned and um, sensationalist about YouTube media for children. (laughs) What you have to understand is that now YouTube, like back then they didn't have an algorithm. So yeah, it was probably like more stupid and more brain arting, but I would watch the same video That's like so 40 true. times. Like, it, yeah. But Coco Melon is literally infinitely generative and there's also so much like AI generated content that's really similar. So it's like, I think I would get really caught up in the intricacies of like the Aqua Barbie Girl video because I'd w- watch it so many times. And in a way, I feel like I was learning from that because I was like so fixated on it. But if you're like constantly watching something that's the same but slightly different, like I feel like you aren't reaching the same level of enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, it's like Very it's like true. binge watching stuff, but for yeah. children. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think it's virtuous to become obsessed with like one thing and watch it over and over again. Mm-hmm. that's yeah I, I agree that that is a very noble thing because it's a, it's the childlike wonder of it that's what you do as a child yeah like reading um, the same book like multiple times mm-hmm. or watching the oh, same yeah. movie which is weird I, I, was, is... I did that with nacho libre as a child like i i watched <gasps> no, that movie same, maybe literally same everyone in my family is obsessed with that movie like I, I recently watched it with my brother and it just felt like a huge moment because he's like four and we were like indoctrinating him yeah yeah, everyone in my family. And then, like, my extended family, too. Yeah, um, no, we would... Jack Lass like totally everything. gets a pass for, like, pretending to be Mexican to be in a Mexican, movie. Like, he totally gets a pass for doing that. Like, he actually really changed the culture and impacted it in a positive way. <laughs> it summarizes so much about Mexican culture. Like, yeah. the rich luchador and, like, how they sneak to that party. And then that, like, psychotic indigenous sidekick yeah like yeah that guy is real dude. he is fucking real, real as fuck, why yeah. is why is jack black also <laughs> ethnically ambiguous like dua lipa Wait, is he albanian dude i don't, I don't know. know like he has kind of similar he's features. not what Ac- action bronson is oh is action bronson that? is albanian yeah okay so uh um jack black ethnicity is english german irish polish russian scottish sounds like oh, they're, they're trying to hide something which is that he's albanian <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah. a really long list for such a such a simple man. I know you're not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. He also, There's I mean, no he way. has a really illustrious career with like novelty music with his, he his does, band yeah. Tenacious D. Tenacious D, yeah. 
And then School of Rock. Oh my god, he was so cute. He also yeah. pretends to be a panda in Kung Fu Panda. Mm-hmm. <gasps> he literally is everything. Kind of like um, Sasha Baron Conan. Yeah. 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 We were just talking about how we need like to bring back like the heavy set man as like an icon for masculinity. Like the funny heavy yeah, set people man. People are trying to do that, but with like vice type people with like action Bronson. And the guy from like the bear, you know, the one who like makes food. I, he's um, like, yeah. Jeremy, whatever. He's like, no, the, the okay. other one, Maddie. Okay. Madison. Oh, yes. I will say I did meet Action Bronson once and he was really nice. And he like, I know, I know people have like gone to his like cookouts yeah. and shit. He does actually like to communally eat. He I was like, say. he came, I worked in this, this um, bakery. And he came in with his his beautiful girlfriend, and they bought chocolate chip cookies, and he tipped really well. And he just had the same. I think when someone has the same personality in real life as they do on screen, it's like a really weird moment. You know, you're like, oh wow, like that you're, you're weird, just yeah. you're just like this. It's cool though. Yeah, I love when celebrities are nice. Yeah, so many are not. You know. Yeah. But you must. You have to kind of humble yourself. He's Albanian, so yeah, he's Albanian. So what true. do you expect? He's a twenty-four-seven performer. Yeah, so true. I wanted to. Is this a good time to talk about Irish travelers? No better time than the present. Yeah. Okay, so I think one overarching theme of this episode is people's interest in a kind of like Euro exoticism, which um. You know, Alexi, you made the distinction at the beginning between the kind of mainstream ideal of idyllic Europe being in Italy and the luscious Euro summer versus this is a bit more off the beaten path. Like places like Albania just aren't kind of in that fantasy narrative. I've I've noticed the rise of Irish traveler content on TikTok. And I think that feels like a side of Europe that Americans also feel re- find really exotic. So for context, Irish travelers are nomadic people with ethnic origins in Italy, and they're commonly incorrectly referred to as Romani people, but also the the Fury family, which is a huge, huge, huge boxing family. Love, um, love they are Irish travelers as well. And I think, I feel like they've become a little more famous in the mainstream recently because Tommy Fury is um, wed, such as a child with this big influencer from love island named molly may so for people like me were they on love island together yeah they met on love island and um she's she was like one of the biggest breakout stars of the show but i feel Mm -hmm. like for people like me that's kind of how i actually got introduced to the fury family um but also back to irish travelers specifically they just have a really distinctive high glam aesthetic which is like super super tan really big hair they often wear these custom high glam outfits that have like jeweling or feathers and they're often custom made for the event whether it's like a wedding or someone's like sweet 16 and also really big lash extensions and a full face of makeup always and it always just feels like kind of going back to our um global south episode something about it is like very much like for you page bait like mm-hmm, I yeah. see these girls pop up all the time, and they're just the weddings I see a lot. The weddings, yeah. Yeah. the weddings, and there's also this side of TikTok where it's like, um, kind of, uh, weird core gay guys making Irish traveler edits with like fart noises and stuff, and just doing <laughs> and like you know, do you know what I mean? Have yeah, you guys seen like this? Yeah, it's like the flop talk. Yeah, <laughs> flop talk <laughs> things. Yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, it is so for you, page bait. It's it's really kind of. It also started with the um, the, you know that picture of the girl that is like who has Zanny's bruv or coke. Oh yeah. Where like people assumed that she was British and would like write crazy captions like, "That's crazy love XX." Like I don't know. There was a time when like Stan Twitter gays were obsessed with, with like Euro fishing. Yeah, it's as, so like, true. A trashy British person online. Um, yeah. But I don't. Yeah, I love. I I watch a lot of Irish traveler girls on TikTok. Um, their facilities with makeup is really incredible and their commitment to wearing like a full wedding bead every day I also really admire Um, they also a lot of them do this thing called like freestyle disco dancing which I just found out about last week but everyone should like look it up it's really it's like two Eurodance music that's super high BPM but like I can't really make sense of it it's it definitely seems to have like stemmed from ballroom and it's like aesthetic vibe and like competitive nature, but 
it's very like acrobatic but also it is like an advanced version of like when kids have too much energy and like need to run around like it's really just like throwing yourself everywhere i wonder why that is i guess there's like a high camp element to a lot of these traveler events as in like the weddings are quite Mm -hmm. like over the top so i guess like the dance style needs to match that yeah that tends to happen somehow i don't really know what that i mean because i've not seen this freestyle dancing thing but i i do know a lot of girls that i grew up with that would take like irish dancing you know what i mean you know that like type of girl that would take irish dancing to wear the giant wigs you know the so there is a sort of there is a theatrical element to Irish culture in general, mm. I think, you know. Wait, Alexi, the freestyle disco is literally like gymnastics. Like they're doing like splits in the air and stuff like that. Yeah, but I saw maybe I saw younger kids okay. doing it and so it just looked more random. Yeah, when older girls do it, it's it's better, but still they're like there's a lot of rolling around yeah, and spinning and it's like very jumping. acrobatic. But for some reason it doesn't have like the same it's not graceful. Like about it, it's, just, it's not graceful at all. And I think it it's like if gymnastics was completely based on like how many things you can do per second. Yeah, I agree. It's like it's like <laughs> it's like the happy hardcore. It's literally freaking me out so much because they're also wearing like a huge <laughs> wig and I'm just seeing it like slam on the floor and like <laughs> it's really scaring me. It really is. It is up, like the like, happy hardcore though of of, of dance. dance, yeah. yeah. I also love the notion of like disco that seems to still be prevalent in in Europe. Like, don't British people still call like school dances discos? So, like going to the school disco. Yeah, this it's really backwards over here. I like it. This is just I so like, humiliating. Like, like, oh my god, I'm, I'm still watching. <laughs> I know. I've, I was I was put into a trance with this. Yeah, the music. I I, I unmuted it and I'm shocked. I'm absolutely baffled by this. <clears throat> this type of behavior but um good, good, good for them like this is this takes so much skill like uh wait i honestly don't even know how to like learn more about this in terms of like what either. are the origins Me neither. of the competitions <laughs> yeah i'm listening to this like hard style remix of cooler than me um oh. and they're like kind of yeah, this is not what I would have ever expected. Apparently, it's really influenced by like um, Latin dance styles. How is that? I don't know. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where they got that from. Yeah, Sam's me hurt. Yeah. Sam's hurt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like ballroom type. I guess it's the theatrical are level. Very similar. Yeah. Like yeah. there's a level of formality. I don't know. I'm feeling this is freaking me out yeah good for them though this is like so skilled it's like it's literally but it's giving kind of karate ninja like you know what i mean it's just not like i despite all efforts like it's just not very beautiful like it's not pleasing me it reminds me a lot Um, of those videos of the girls who do horse jumping but they're the horse like you know oh my god yeah the hobby horse (laughs) when they they run around on all fours and like uh jump over jumps yeah, that's kind of yeah. what it reminds yeah. me of. I guess kids like that kind of stuff because they're like hyper flexible, you know? So they like... Yeah, this is the type of shit that... Maybe it's because they... <laughs> this is what I would do to try get... to impress my mom in like the kitchen when I was a kid, you know? <laughs> I know. I was I was saying like if I, if I really wanted to tire my kid out, I would put them in these classes mm-hmm. if they seem to have like infinite energy and mm-hmm. just like let them get it all out. But I'm seeing like 18-year-old girls... I'm just like, yeah, I'm seeing like older it. women, like w- women beyond eighteen, like good joints, thirties. Good joints. <laughs> I mean, yeah, joints are really something people don't tell you. They 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 weaken. Um, I, I've learned this recently. No. Yeah, it's like really hard. My knees, dude. My poor knees. I'm doing new mobility. That's okay. You know, I went to ballet yesterday, and it was really, it was rough. I think dancing is good for that because it like builds your glutes and stuff, which is which is really good for your knees. So we yeah. should start doing this. Yeah. Oh my god, I just saw a video and this girl's like hair piece like fell off and there's like shit flying off of her. It's really <laughs> it's almost <laughs> beautiful how like... self-destructive the whole thing <laughs> it's is. It's like very yeah, it's very it's a like kamikaze-esque. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. like taking eye out with a rhinestone, like your competition is all sitting over there and you're like 
every this there's such violence to this yeah it's such a violent i kind of love it though like i'm it's growing on me barefoot like it's also just kind of weird everyone always thinks like the childishness that america's so weird like oh the beauty pageants they're so weird that you guys want your kids to do that and i'm like what the fuck are you doing over here you're literally doing horse (laughs) jumps while wearing (laughs) the same amount of makeup that you would wear in an american beauty pageant i guess yeah like at the toddler pageants they just like walk down the stage like here they're they're making them like backflip and like 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 what like you know like there's like significantly less like strenuous for the toddler in the United States like backflipping toddler just reminds me of the movie Megan like just like an infinitely backflipping toddler (laughs) the giant ponytails have to somehow factor into the score because some of them are doing so much work with the ponytails it's like a third I bet it's like but it's like the the flair category you know like I bet that's like measuring the flair category (laughs) I was gonna say something but I'm not that's okay don't say it yeah yeah don't say it weirdo um (laughs) what else guys anything else I don't know. I, I feel like you're a dance now. Like, and I also feel like I literally have, like, watching Freescale Disco Dancers has, like, taken it out of me a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I will say. But I've been listening to this music all morning and I've just been like, whoa. Yeah. What is up? It feels like there is, like, a, one last point is there was kind of a lull after. These were some definitely the first, like, viral music videos, as we've discussed on YouTube. But then there was the rise of viral music videos that were all lo-fi beats to study to type of thing Mm -hmm. and so now it's Mm -hmm. nice to see people be like nah like we need to amp it up like let's fucking go yeah wait sam Uh i have uh, do you know like the the rhythm of the night like mexican joke uh like fuck okay yes what is it uh i feel like it's it's a (sighs) i just remembered it when i was looking at our list of your dance songs but um like everyone in my family thought this was like the funniest shit ever yeah what is Apparently, it it's like a like pun an... right like um... no it's like this guy called into uh i guess like a mexican radio show to like request the song rhythm of the night yes. and he didn't know it was what it was called and yeah yeah and so he he is asking in spanish he thinks that it's saying like are those reeboks or song nights but it's like that's because it's really like a true globalist moment. Yeah, I Mexicans can't wait love doing that with music. There's like one song like "We're Not Gonna Take It." There's like "Huevos Con Aceite." <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I love when words sound like other words. Yeah, it's a closing. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we do some quick "Would You Rather"s? I have one. Yeah. Would you guys rather mm-hmm. be gummy bear or crazy frog? <sighs> I would definitely rather be Gummy Bear. Um, Crazy Frog literally had his dick out. Really <laughs> I was thinking disturbing. about that too. He had the weirdest dick too. It was like it was like, like a trumpet. Like. That was like my first experience ever seeing a, a penis, like like in general. Yeah. Even though it wasn't real, like I think that was my first exposure to male but it's anatomy. So weird because I think that's like the same like for me. Concept. Like weirdly enough, but it's <laughs> so that weird was... because Gummy Bear is like wearing underwear. It's like all very like weirdly. Yeah, he's wearing like tiny wearing whiteys. Tiny whiteys. Yeah. It's very weirdly focus on the genitals these which maybe makes sense because it was made by like you know male college students young men probably thought it was funny but i think they didn't know how to animate clothes maybe like all of the things of this time like you know toy story was the first like big cg animated movie but like they had to make everything plastic because they didn't know how to like make humans yet i feel like it's the same thing i didn't actually know that they had to make frogs and gummy bears and like all these things that were smooth because like we didn't know how to replicate anything else yet yeah so they had to make haribo inspired naked little smooth yeah Yeah. that's crazy gummy bear seems more he's wearing shoes too but i kind of like um (laughs) i kind of like that crazy frog gets to use all of that incredible technology and travel the galaxy and gummy bear just seems to be in kind of like a, a pastoral. yeah he's like in a liminal yeah he's like in that liminal like place that squidward goes to in that one episode of spongebob mm. where he's alone it's also like the dust the windows like desktop background is like the grass and the blue sky crazy frog like reminds me of hunter s thompson mm. i think i know what you mean by that. Like the way he looks <laughs> it reminds me of 
yeah his like teeth and stuff yeah. oh my god i'm so okay what's next <laughs> ask me a question i was just say this isn't a would you rather but what's your favorite like song of this genre mm. i don't have one that comes to mind i do okay it's not the same genre but i do love big in japan i mean it's kind of the same genre in terms of german synthy mm. pop i love i love big in japan yeah I'm a very big fan of Ace of Base. Like anything by Ace of Base. I had a big Ace of Base phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're a really genius band. Or like, okay, Madonna's hung up. I don't really think you could really count it as the Eurodance, but you know, the ABBA thing and Europeans love that fucking song. Me and my cousin like we made like one of those like a little kid sleepover cousin choreographed dances Aww. to hung up. That's very chic. I, I love that song. I listen to it like when I'm just walking around all the time. Yeah. Super chic song, yeah. I would say that my my group that I'd promote is called La Bouche. They're like on the more soulful end of things, but it's like they have this song, Be My Lover, that's mm. really good. I think also I every time we touch. Oh, yeah. For me, that one definitely feels a lot more almost like erotic than the other ones because it's i don't know the lyrics yeah it's like first person yeah it's first person so i feel like that one meant more to me as a kid in terms of like coming of age not because it was erotic because i was like wow like i can't imagine these feelings she must be experiencing on the dance floor yeah that's another thing too is that a lot of these songs are in a minor key which like makes them kind of weirdly sad Mm. Mm mm-hmm yeah, like, there is something is- kind of strange about every every time we touch. There's something quite it tugs at the heartstrings like, in a weird it way. It makes me sad because it's implying that the guy is like gone or something. Like I still hear your voice when you mm-hmm. sleep next to me. I don't know. I'm just like what? Yeah, yeah. It's like a bit spooky. I I, I remember being a bit. Yeah, there's also another song that causes the same feeling this is so abstract but like when i was younger i would listen to that that song that's like get ready up up because here i come like that song like creeps me out for some reason that is a creepy in the song. same way that like creepy song like do you know <laughs> what i mean yeah. like it's yeah. just that's like the same key i feel like because every time we touch but i don't know what it is like there's something there's probably about some it. subliminal messaging in both of them yeah yeah i think i'm picking up on on some messages that no one has well picked up on did you guys know that every time we touch is actually a cover no yeah, way. it's a oh, cover really? of like a a Scottish singer's song from 1992. Yeah, so many of these songs are like covers or samples. Like a lot of the like early European or like German Euro dance songs just like sampled shit from like Chicago House where they would just like find a random record yeah. of like a woman singing. And that's it's really crazy that they've become like samples on samples like mm-hmm. by BB Rex. That's probably why <laughs> and... it has that uncanny feeling because it's taking these lyrics. Yeah, so you just know that it's not like a native. Yeah. You just know that those people weren't in the stew together. Yeah, cooking. they weren't. No, <laughs> like, no, no. Would you rather join a Eurodance group like Venga Boys and have to be the member that wears a sailor costume or become a youth disco freestyle dance instructor? Like for the the freestyle disco? Yeah. Um, that's a good question. Yeah. I would definitely go for the Venga Boys because I don't know if I would enjoy teaching high energy children that just need to get some energy out so their parents don't like freak out whenever they're home, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I would, I, you know, the sailor costume, I I would rock with, I would, I would rock it pretty well. I feel like. Sub, would you rather, would you rather be the Venga Boys had a sailor member and then they had a cowboy member? Oh, cowboy member. Definitely. I wouldn't mind being the sailor member. Yeah. Yeah. The two men were sailor and cowboy and then the two girls were just like. Girl and girl. Kind of randomly hot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. I don't really know if I I would you rather. I had like a very village people vibe. Yeah. They also, they released a cover version of um, Charlie XDX's song 1999. Yeah, they're still touring, I think. Like, Vice released this article about them, about how they're, like, still going at it. Well, that... that they, like, still wear the insane costumes. I shit. feel like that should be the essence of Euro, Euro dance, is that you never stop. You're always in shape. 
you can always fucking tear it up on the dance floor you know that limitless yeah, energy because otherwise it's sad because then it's like you get disco damaged and do you guys use that word in, in states did we use that no, yeah no. it's the, one of the best words ever it's like when someone has just been partying for too long like raving too long and they just get like spaced out and like they're not the same anymore um wow. yeah it's a it's a good word but also yeah weirdly centered around the disco again yeah no. yeah i love the disco there's something about um there's something charming about the kind of disconnectedness of these euro dance bands that endlessly tour like there's something like menudo economic model about them because I think like <laughs> rednecks is just a constantly changing lineup of people. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we haven't even talked about Planet of the Base yet. Fuck. Oh, I was yeah yeah. We need to talk about Planet of the Base. I feel like it's not even going to be like a thing by the time this comes out. Yeah, that was just a little moment, but yeah. But people were thinking heavily on on these themes. Mm. Yeah. Weirdly enough, yeah. And we didn't really talk about the Y two K aspect of it, but Y two K is dead and gone. I think as a as a cultural moment in the modern day but dude um, i don't know like just have walking, you seen yeah have you guys seen walking any? about like the kids are the kids are not giving up on y2k really yeah. I, I haven't seen a y2k person in a very long time like i think it all kind of transformed into um baggy skater clothing it's like not 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 like um it's still kind of 90s or two, 2000s but not not cyber i don't know i don't know how to explain it mm. yeah i feel like i'm seeing less of the like the really bimbo core y2k like regina george type she and thing mm-hmm. and more of the i don't know like asian influenced like the fruits magazine type oh yeah that's my mark so... jacobs shit is not going anywhere yeah that's that's here to stay yeah but it is definitely getting baggier and like more casual and less costume it's just, re- it's just regressing back to the 90s yeah. Um, yeah, it's getting grunge for sure. Yeah, the like long sleeve. It's because we're going into a recession, as they say. Oh, that's yeah, very it's true. From, it's like, anyways, you have to have baggy clothes to put a bunch of um, you, like bread yeah, in your pockets. Yeah, your dance is like anti-recession music. Like it's gonna bring no, us it out literally of this. will. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree as well. I feel like um to end it on some suggestions. I think to listeners and people who potentially work in the pop music industry. I don't know who listens, but I like the the espionage aspect of a lot of pop music. And I think we should kind of restore that tradition of kind of global mob industrial espionage. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, um, I think also my suggestion would be like, I do think gummy bears are a good snack. So for your high intensity dancing you probably need to eat something that's not gummy bears but it's, it's kind of cute to bring them along yeah i was thinking like the the traveler girls who do freestyle disco like they have to be eating like a fat ass bowl of cereal before you do that like you have to you need the sugar yeah. rush i feel the rush you definitely do and the carbs mm-hmm. don't don't have like soylent have gummy bears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah all right. Well, thanks guys okay, for listening to this week's episode. Lots of love. Love, peace, music. Gummy bears. Gummy bears. Dance forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the dance floor. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.